Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh, Follow Cap J Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Bring them out. 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 Dang. Dang. Welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Che, we got Jay Moore, we got you on a Super Bowl football Friday with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is the telephone number. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN without Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the show going with your conversation and watching all the shows here on ESPN Chicago. Don't forget in an hour, we got shot or no shot. We got so much on the plate here on this football Friday here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Well, Cap, what did I tell you yesterday? Yesterday, I said, Cap, when, as we were talking about Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns and we were talking about the trade deadline, I said, boy, it would be nice for the Bulls to be able to do something. I said, from my sources, the only person that would be expendable on this team that I kept hearing was Alex Caruso. And that was even a stretch. And what happens, Cap? Nothing happens. This must be part of the Reinsdorf playbook if you're a general manager for one of his teams. You get to a trade deadline, you get to a point in the season where you say that you pick up the phone, you say that you've tried to be able to make a team better, and then you stand against a cold wall and you tell the the press and the fans, well, we tried. Nothing was out there. We cannot make a move. If you're a Bulls fan today, you have to understand that the team that you root for is as irrelevant in this city as ever at 26 and 29. Here you go, Cap. Another press conference, another general manager telling you, well, we tried. Right out of the Reinsdorf book, just like Han, just like Kenny Williams, just like our, like our Karnaschovas, Art Carney sits there and tells you, well, we tried. That's not good enough. And by the way, just the cherry on the turd sandwich on top of this whole day is that the Nets beat the Bulls, a, a undermanned Nets team in Brooklyn defeat the Bulls. So just a wonderful day if you're a Bulls fan yesterday. My friend, I think you missed it. The Bulls were wildly active at the deadline. Mm-hmm. You missed it. Mm-hmm. I watched that press conference. I watched that general manager slash executive VP, whatever his title is. He's the worst. He is the worst executive we have in this town. Wow. The worst. Okay, let me be clear. This falls at the feet of one man. His name is Arturus Karnaschovas. This is not a Michael Reinsdorf issue. This is not a Jerry Reinsdorf issue because I made calls yesterday so I could come in here and be informed. I was on with Waddle and Sylvie with the boys yesterday. Billy and Zach have a disconnect on the court. They don't dislike each other as people. Zach's just not a very good basketball player in terms of IQ. 
Last night, one rebound, one assist. Ooh, you had 38 points. Mm-mm. Big deal. You got your ass kicked again by an outmanned, as you said, Brooklyn Nets team. But I was told by people who would know. Michael's made it clear. If you could bring me a deal that I got to go in the tax, you think that gives us... He's not asking you to guarantee a championship. Just tell me we got a chance. I'll pay the tax. Brought him nothing. Brought him nothing. I looked around. I didn't see a deal that made sense to improve our club. Then you're incompetent. Let me be clear on what I'm saying here. You are an incompetent executive. If you looked around the landscape and you decided there was not what 30 teams made a de- what was it? How many? Everybody but two. Yes. Made a deal. 28 out of 30 made a deal. 28 out of 30 made a deal. Except the Bulls. Cleveland and the Bulls did not. Well, Cleveland got Donovan freaking Mitchell in the offseason. So they actually did make a big change to their team. What'd we do? Nothing. Nothing. We're going to use the final 28 games to evaluate this group. Arturis, your bus is ready. Mm-hmm. And it's dropping you off at O'Hare. Get out. I'm done with him. Done. Never speaks. Grants you the honor of his presence yesterday. Let me speak here. We're going to use the last 28 games. And we didn't see anything that made sense for the group. Your group can't shoot. Last night, microcosm of everything that's wrong with this team. Brooklyn outmanned. Their best player is Michael Bridges. What was he doing last night? Sitting in the stands in street clothes. Saying, I'm so excited to play at MSG. And the announcer says to him from Brooklyn, "Um, you play at Barclays. Oh, Oh, yeah. 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 He's sitting in the stands. Okay. They make 17 threes, Brooklyn. 17. Bulls make five. They shoot 39% from three, above league average. The Bulls shoot 19. That means they made 12 more threes. You were 36 points down then. Yep. 36 down. How are you making that up? And people think Vucevic is the problem? He had 15 points, 17 rebounds. Another monster night. This is a poorly constructed roster by an incompetent front office. Incompetent. Take that. It was... um just a day for the Chicago Bulls. Think about this. Art Carney is telling everybody yesterday in front of the press, uh, you know, we, we didn't make a move. There were so many buyers, right? So there were a lot of teams that didn't want to take a step back, including us. So we tried to improve our team, but at what cost? And that price was not okay with us. So I think, uh, you know, next stage for us now that we pass the trade deadline is to evaluate this group next 28 games. Um, like I said, you know, mediocrity and average is, is, is not okay with us. Um, but the next step is what's going to happen for the rest of the season and then how we can address you know, during the draft and free agency, uh, the shortcomings. Already he's turned the corner. Already he's turned the page on the season. You hear that? Already thinking about the draft and free agency. Who talks about that in February unless you know that you have a, a pile of crap on the west side? Who talks about that? Art Carney talks about it. But see, Bulls fans, I want you to understand something. Cap and I want you to understand something. Like, we told you yesterday, 24 hours ago on this program, that... 
we wondered how come Chicago teams are not in on the fun? And we meant in free agency in the draft, how come that the teams that we root for are not part of like big deals, nationwide deals where everyone talks about it? The Chicago Bulls decide to hide yesterday. And we looked at this roster and said, hey, man, if you want to make a big, bold swing, trade somebody or make sure you acquire at least some shooting. At the very minimum, acquire shooting. You think that this team is good enough to, and you still have to evaluate past the All-Star break? There's nothing to evaluate. Here's the evaluation, Art Carney. How about this? Your team doesn't shoot very well. Your star player does not share the basketball as Capitalist laid out for you. 38 points and one assist for, for Zach Levine. You have a young player in Patrick Williams likes to hide in the corner and does not like to get underneath the basket and mix it up. You have DeMar DeRozan, who's smooth, a really good player. But again, is that the difference between a win and a loss? The team aspect that bothers me is that they don't guard. So what is that you have to evaluate? I just laid out for you, Cap just laid out for you, what's wrong with the team? You are lazy. You did not do what you need to do as a general manager, as an executive for this Bulls team. You, yeah, you picked up the phone, but then you didn't accomplish anything. Don't tell me what you did, Han. Don't tell me what you did, Connor Chauvis. Let's see the results. You can, I can pick up the phone. Hello, yellow. Yeah, I'm gonna. I want this guy. Oh, you don't. You don't want this guy. Okay. Well, I did something. Well, that doesn't do. That doesn't satiate me as a Bulls fan. Just because you said you picked up the phone, it's not right, Cap. You are taking advantage of Bulls fans that go to the United Center. They have an emotional and financial attachment to this team. It's not right. But but again, on top of that, the national embarrassment that are the Bulls. Because you know after the trade deadline, people are going to tune in. Oh, the Nets. Look at that. No KD, no Kyrie. Let's see what this, this, this nonsense looks like. Oh, God. They're playing much better under Jacques Vaughn than an established Bulls team. Correct. So that's what you got. So what do you want to evaluate now? The, the Bulls are a national embarrassment. They are. And if our executive in charge of basketball can't look at our team and go, guys, we got to make some changes here. We can't shoot. We don't play connected enough on defense. We don't have a point guard. The guy we signed from New Orleans ain't walking in that door, Lonzo. We got to do something here. Nope. Quote, and I got the quotes right here. I can start by saying we were pretty active at the trade deadline. You were? Referring to phone calls made and received. It just didn't seem like there were deals for us to make to improve this group. After a busy couple of days, we came to the conclusion this was the best group for us to give us the best chance to win. And then they went out and got the ever-living H beaten out of them by a decimated Brooklyn Nets roster. We've been through this a lot already this season. The embarrassment just recently, late January against the Hornets, losing against teams you know that that are not very good, and then you beat some of the good teams. Twenty six and twenty nine is exactly what the Bulls are. That's exactly what they are. But I can't say that I'm surprised. My phone has been burning up from the West Coast to the East Coast of people and executives in front offices around the league asking me what the hell is going on in Chicago. What the hell is going on there? They, people look at the talent like everybody else looks at the roster and say, you should be better than 26 and 29. I know, I say on the other side of the phone. I know. They said, you guys didn't do anything? You know, they, you could have done this, 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 this. And so the whole point is, Cap, is that, yes, was there a deal to be made? If you weren't going to change the lineup, you could have been able to improve the shooting. And they didn't even do that. 
So, so why wouldn't they do that? I, I can't, that's a great question. Jay Crowder, where, where did he end up? Milwaukee. They've got Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, Drew Holiday, Jay Crowder. All they do is keep adding guys that could stretch the floor. That's right. If we got one, people would throw a party around here. We have none. They're holding on to Kobe White, who's going to be a restricted free agent, like we're holding on to John Stockton in his prime. Mm-hmm. Kobe White's okay. I, I, I am just blown away that we put our faith into an executive who does nothing. <laughs> nothing. Did we not ask for change? And rightfully so. We should have had change with Gar and Pax. It, the time was up for both of those guys. Pax has admitted I had my chance. It yes. didn't get done. Get someone else in here to do it. But change does not necessarily mean the same. Correct. Right? When you say change, you want to change in philosophy, change in organizational structure, those kind of changes. This, to me, we could, we could put this show in five or six years ago and say, why didn't Garpax make a move? Because we've done that show Correct. at the deadline. Correct. So what's, what's the difference? Correct. It's the same show we did five years ago. How come the Bulls did not upgrade for the stretch run for the rest of the regular season? Can you explain to me what player development is on the west side of Chicago? Because Lowry Markkinen, he plays for Utah now. He's an all-star. Now, there are people who go, well, Lowry was immature when he was here and he was part of the pro. Then figure it out. The guy is killing it out there. Yeah, it, it's just. We got nothing for him. Nothing. But you know what? And they're going to do the same thing with Patrick Williams. Well, it didn't work. We tried here. He's 21. To put him in the freaking G League, load him down there and let him play. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Well, let me just make you a promise. And I'm going to make Shea a promise. You know, Bulls, you want to be irrelevant? You want, to, want us to turn the page on you? You know what? Cap and I will do that. Because clearly, Connor Chauvin does not like the heat from shows like this in the press. He clearly doesn't like that. So how about this? How about we don't talk about you after today? How about you're just another team in Chicago? But you know why? Because you're playing this way, and it doesn't make sense for my blood pressure to be up for some loss against some under 500 team or some non-playoff team. You want to be like that? That's just fine. We, we, we talked about, you know, why can't the Bulls get into the fun? And this is why. is because they like to stand pat, but yet they don't like the heat. They don't like you and I talking about it. They don't like it as written. But, uh, hey, do something about it. You can't say in the press conference if you're Connor Chauvis. And says on one hand, Cap, he says, well, you know, we are trying to get the team better. On the other hand, we couldn't find a deal. Well, you got to find a deal to try to make the team better. What do you have to evaluate? There's nothing to evaluate. Well said. Nothing to evaluate. Which Chicago GM do you have the least faith in? Has it become Arturis Karnaschovas? Let's open the phone line, Shay. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. So there you are. The deadline has passed, and the Bulls did zip. Does this sound familiar? Is he the GM that you have the least faith in in Chicago? Let's get your thoughts in here. Coming up next, Cap and Jay Hood, 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports. That's why I say Shot. No shot. And Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Good morning and welcome in to the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. On your ride into work, it's David Kaplan, it's Jonathan Hood. Glad to have you aboard here on this Football Friday. It's time for Shot or No Shot. Here's Shay Norley. Shay? 
Morning, boys. What's up, Snore? Let's go, baby. What's up, Kaplan? How are you? I'm good, man. Rock and roll. Let's get into it. We got to talk about Justin Fields, who did the media rounds. I think he was on at least three shows. He was on with Rich Eisen. He was on with Jim Rome. I think he was on uh, the, the Ringer. He did a lot of stuff yesterday mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl, going through the press junkets. And you know what that means? It means that our guy is relevant nationally. He's a national star. That's what it means. Chicago's got one. So Justin Fields, he was on with Rich Eisen, mm-hmm. and he was asked, if he's had conversations with the Bears front office about the number one pick. Listen to this. Number one pick. Hmm. All right. I uh, don't see that here. Jay Moore's telling me we don't have it. I was under the impression that we did. Yep. Uh, Smooth. Like a brick in the face. Like a brick <laughs> a little in the bit face. of a mistake there. Here's Welcome Shane to Orlando. Des Moines. All right, well, Rich Eisen was asked about Justin Fields uh, having conversations with the Bears about the number one pick. Fields said effectively, I will find the audio and we'll play it. He hasn't uh, had those conversations yet. He's hoping for honesty from the organization. He understands that it's a business, and they will look at everything that they have to look at. He's hoping that they'll be honest with him and have those conversations about what they're going to do with the number one pick. My question, shot or no shot, that answer is an impressive display of maturity from Justin Fields. That's a shot. Yes, that's a shot, but it's an expected display of maturity. He's been mature. Mm-hmm. He's a mature young man. Again, he's 20, what, four? Mm-hmm. Sure, there's moments, I'm sure, after a game where the last thing he wanted to do was talk to the media crew in there when he just got the hell beaten out of him mm-hmm. again. Yes, it was mature, but it, for me, I, I hold him to a higher standard. I think that kid's got the whole freaking package because one of those interviews i listened to all of them he said you understood the interviewer said you understand that there's going to be people coming into the building who are quarterbacks that they're going to work out because they got to send the signal that they're not sure what they're doing with the pick to get the trade value up he's like i get it i completely get it yeah so um, it's a complete shot for me. You like to have someone like Justin Fields be the face of your organization. He's not an embarrassment. He's a young guy, still a young guy, but wise beyond his years as far as his dealing with the press. There are some questions that we had early, but I think that the more times that he had in front of the press, the better he was as a stand-up guy to represent the Bears. Shay. All right, Devin Hester was left out of the Hall of Fame yesterday. A defensive-heavy class got in. Rondé Barber, Darrell Rivas, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware all headlined the class of five players. So shot or no shot, if it hasn't happened yet for Hester, it's not going to happen for Hester. That's no shot. He's no going shot. to get in. I was unaware till I did a little homework that they can only take five. And when they only take five, then there's you know, like legendary committee. That's separate. Mm -hmm. And when they, the first five names come up, so-and-so, yes, he's in. Next one. When they get to five, that's it. We're done. They don't even talk about the remaining 10 finalists. So it wasn't like his name came up and they discussed him. Nah, not in. He never even got discussed from what we're hearing. You know what? It's a it's a no shot. He will be in the Hall of Fame. But you know, here's the thing about the NFL Hall, the Football Hall of Fame. Cap, I never worry about it. The best of the best will get in. Correct. It may not be at the time that you want them to get in, but they'll get in. Okay. So, so, so for those that look at special teams like it doesn't matter in the NFL or football, it's just dumb. It'll always be dumb because it's a third of the game. There's so much uh, focus on offense and the quarterback play. I get that. 
there's so much pressure on defensive pressure and takeaways. But what about field position? Does that not matter when it comes to uh, special teams? Yes, it does matter. So whether it's a punter, whether it's a kicker, whether it is someone as a punt returner, kick returner cap, that matters as well. Yet, so when people tell you that special teams doesn't matter, it's stupid. I will, I will not listen to that conversation. Devin Hester is an all-time great. He will be in the Hall of Fame. May not be on our time, but it will happen. Yeah, he will get in. Yeah. But every year there's great, great players. Great players. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So, you know, but so, Shay, it's going to happen. It may be next year. It might be next couple of years. But Devin Hester will be in the Hall of Fame because it's about the best, no matter what position you're playing. Ray Guy got in the Hall of Fame because he was a great punter, Cap. He was the best to ever do it at his craft. Yes. And he's part of the team. That This nonsense, oh, he's a punter, he's a kicker, he's a special. No. It's just stupid. No. They're he's football. on the team. Yeah, they're football players, too. Correct. Now, is it is it something that you'd have John Vicenda talk about back in the day? The, the, the spiral, the strong leg of... No. Not so much. No, but still, he's still part of the team, though, right? Right. Shay. All right, Patrick Mahomes won his second MVP award in six seasons yesterday. He will have an opportunity to go for his second Lombardi in six seasons on Sunday. Already, he owns 11 NFL records, including becoming the leading passer in a player's 50 starts. This season, he did that in just 47 starts. So shot or no shot, Mahomes is already an all-time great. That's a shot. All-time, you know, not the all-time great, an all-time great? Yes, 100%. They play the Arrowhead Invitational every year. That's the AFC Championship game. Yes. The guy's been to multiple Super Bowls, multiple MVPs. Yeah, that's a shot. He's the MVP. I want to thank God for giving me this platform and putting so many amazing people around me to help support this dream I've had since I was a little kid. To the Chiefs organization, Clark Hunt, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, the staff, and most of all, my teammates. I would never be standing here today without y'all. Every day, given everything that we have together to go for the ultimate goal, the Super Bowl. Let's continue to go for that dream this weekend. How about that? Patrick Mahomes, MVP. Love it. Yeah, that's a shot. I mean, he's, he is great. Um, and when we talk about, like, the GOAT, that's a different conversation. I leave that for sports TV. You want to do that GOAT conversation, that's fine. I'm just talking about someone who's playing great at this point in time. Sidebar, may I approach? Brought to you by Aiken Law. 3126, for the great Howard Aiken. Sign my ball. So, just to pull the curtain back. We all like to gamble. I only like to gamble on days that end in a Y. But a couple months ago, I'm looking at the coach of the year field. Mm-hmm. I decided to bet... Kyle Shanahan at 40 to 1. 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. And then Garoppolo goes down and he keeps winning. He wins 10 in a row. Brock Purdy plays really well and they get the two seed. Yep. The voting is in at the end of the regular season. So what happens in the playoffs is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I parlay him with the guy who's not the favorite to be the MVP at this point. The favorite was overwhelming. Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Then he got hurt. Yep. I already have my ticket in. I've got a two-leg parlay. Kyle Shanahan, 40-1. to 1, And Patrick Mahomes, plus 190. I pony up my bets. I had some free bets. I put it all in. I'm standing in front of my TV last night. I know Mahomes is a lock. He's getting it. 
My guy's in the final three. It's Doug Peterson. It's Kyle Shanahan. It's Brian Dable. I'm standing in front of the TV. The dogs are around me, and I am more nervous than I've been in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. That parlay is going to pay thirty thousand four hundred ninety dollars. Thirty grand. Kyle Shanahan finished second. Yep. I threw up all over myself. Yep. Yep. My buddies are texting me. Guff texts. Oh, you're a lock. Done. He's getting it. And the winner is, he's trying to open that crappy Microsoft tablet, mm-hmm. Dion. And I'm like, please form the, let me see your lips form. <laughs> the coach of the year is Brian Dable. What? Brian Dable? Well, we're both losers there because I had Nick Sirianni and so did Che. And he didn't even make the finals. And he was 6-0 and against the three finals. Well, I thought so too, but not the case. Brian DeBull. Is the coach of the year? That wow. cl- that close to paradise, huh? Thirty grand. Got Here, nothing. Here's Shay Norling. Shay. Back to shot or no shot. Uh, more than 100 million people are expected to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. It has a chance to be the most watched Super Bowl ever, a record currently held by Super Bowl 49 between the Patriots and Seahawks. My question, shot or no shot, the Super Bowl is the last cultural event that everyone in America stops and watches. The last cultural event. So what's the number one award show that everyone comes to watch? Is it the Golden Globes? Is it the Grammys? It's probably the Oscars. Oscars? We talked a few months ago, Cap, that there was a time, again, this is just my home, I think it was yours too, that everyone had to gather around Mm -hmm. and watch the presidential address. Because it was on all the channels, we had no other choice. Correct. <laughs> it's like it was on all the channels. Like everyone gathered around to listen to what the president had to say. That that was a thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to sports, the World Series is a series, so it's not just down to one game. Same thing with the NBA Finals. The um, it all depends on if you're a college basketball fan on those first two days of the tournament. Think about it. One isolated event. What, how do you bring family and friends around Out, outside of the Super Bowl? What is it? So, and if you look, there's bars that have parties, and it's all, the spring is finally here, and it should be nice weather. The Kentucky Derby, not the other ones, just that one Saturday. Joe's on Weed Street closes the street. They got several hundred people that are out there, and they bet their $2 on their horse, and everybody has a good time. And when Arlington was rolling, or now Hawthorne, they'll have a party, and people dress up. So the Kentucky Derby is one that sports fans, at least, will pay attention to. Even my kids, who are not horse racing fans, they pay attention to that one race. You mentioned the Oscars. Yep. That'd be another. Yep. Election night? Do people watch? I'm talking about the presidential election. Or just in this town, you'd want to be around for all of it. Yeah. All, all, all dramatic ele- elections? Governor? Mayor? Right. But, like, when you watch the TV news coverage and the... States are coming in. Yes, Montana's gone for so-and-so, and Illinois is going in. No, that's just, that's like, just you and I on the phone. We always do that. <laughs> We're into it. But <laughs> I, like people pay attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Beyond I, that, I don't know if there are many. I think the Super Bowl, I think you're right, Shay. I think the Super Bowl is the ultimate in that, and I don't know if there's a really close second, especially based on the trivia we did yesterday. All those numbers of food and beer and all that. No one's gathering around with food and beer for all these other events. 
If the beer number, 325.5 million gallons, is to be believed, the average American will have 10 cans of beer on Sunday. I mean, wow. That's, that's waddle. insane. Waddle alone. Why, yeah. Why, see, that's that's why it's so high. It's Waddle bringing up the average. That's what it is. Coming up, our picks for Super Bowl 57 next on Captain J-Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Captain J-Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? It's time to take a look at Super Bowl 57. It's here Sunday. Hope that you're going to have a great time watching the Super Bowl like Cap and I will as, as well. Right here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. We'll hear from Courtney Cronin coming up at 835, but it's here, Cap. Super Bowl 57. Rock and roll, baby. I'm excited to sit down with my wife and watch this, eat some good food. Yes. Going to be at a Super Bowl party this time, not thrown by me, but by Dion and Terrence. They're, my cousins are going to be able to throw a nice Super Bowl party. I'll be the if you're looking for me at the party, I'll be the one with the yellow pad. There you go in the, in the corner, making notes with a with a light on, <laughs> taking notes. I will not have a yellow <laughs> pad. I will not be taking notes. I will be on vacation and I will be watching it with my wife. And I will be taking copious notes because we have a very important show on Monday. Because it's part of Captain J Hood. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely, and, and good and good for the show. That's exactly right. And good, good for the show. I'd like to have you in charge. Absolutely. Wouldn't want it any other way. Here's Shay Norling. Shay. Wow. All right, boys. Let's get into the Super Bowl right now. I believe the Chiefs' last look, uh, one and a half point underdog. I have not placed a bet on the game, Cap. I don't know if you've placed a bet on the game, but I'm about I really to. Am but I have a hard time picking this one. He didn't ask me, but go ahead. Cody, I don't know if you've placed a bet on no, the game. It's all right. Listen, wow. I know it's good. Hey, check still comes in first and 15th. I'm good. He's good. Yeah. Um, so, nonetheless, I have not put a bet on the game because I want to talk to you about it first, Cap. I want to talk to you about it first. You know, everyone on the streets asks you, hey, Super Bowl's coming up. Who do you like? Who do you like? Right? Mm-hmm. But we have to take a look at this very closely. As much as we really like Patrick Mahomes, and I kind of break it down this way. Where are the playmakers on either team? the most impactful playmaker. If you did one through ten as far as playmakers, it would be Kansas City heavy, would it not? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, it starts there, right? At the top of this. Both the, teams have dynamic quarterbacks. The most talented player on the on the team, or the most talented player we're going to see in the Super Bowl is? Got to be Mahomes. Okay, who's second? I have to break it down that way because I think about A.J. Brown as a difference maker for the Eagles, right? I was about to say, it's either A.J. Brown or Travis Kelsey. See, I think about third down. I think about Gainwell. And I think about Jarek McKinnon. Might be the fastest guy on the on the team on, on, on that we might see. Jarek McKinnon. Healthy, ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Always break it down that way. Running backs. So I believe that the Eagles will be able to run the football effectively. But now it's, it's Ferdy Pacheco against Miles Sanders in that spot. Isaiah. What, what's that? Ferdy's the boxing guy. Isaiah Pacheco. Fight doctor. Against, uh, <laughs> <laughs> against, my, 
<laughs> against Miles Sanders, right? So good. Right, Cap? So good. But Eagles are going to run the football effectively. So the way I look at it, Shay, is I look at the talent. And of course, at the end of the day, it might be the hero or the MVP might be someone that's completely off the board. But I have to look at it that way. Who has the most talented players that we're going to see on Sunday? Is that more Chiefs guys or Eagles guys? Eagles easily, I think. Easily? Yeah. That roster's much better. Top to bottom. They have the better pass rush cap. They've been the most dominant team in football, and they have a chance to break the 85 Bears sack record. How about that, David Kaplan? I Like you asked who's the most talented player on the field outside of Mahomes, it might be Hassan Reddick. You agree with that? No. I do not. You think it's a you think it's someone else because it's, so it's Reddick and then there's Frank Clark on the other side. Uh, Chris Hassan. Jones. Chris Jones to me is a huge key in this game. Mm-hmm. So he went into the AFC title game having exactly zero postseason sacks, despite being a beast in his career in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this interview in Kansas City on local Kansas City TV, and they asked him and he got mad. And he said, this is a team game. If I occupy two blockers and I don't happen to get the sack and someone else does, I'm good. The guy said, but you got to get one. You've never had one. He had two. And the third one they wiped off because they said the ball got out of the guy's hands, uh, Burrow's hands. He had almost three sacks in that game. Chris Jones is a monster. I respect Chris Jones. He's really good. We have to remember that Bengals offensive line had three replacement guys on it. Yeah, he better get a sack. I just have to take a look at his season, Shane, to say 15 and a half sacks as an interior rusher, pretty good. Really good, right? In this NFL? Absolutely. So I give, like, you give him the edge there as far as uh, interior defensive linemen. So as we look at further inside this matchup, Andy Reid says all of this is about trusting players. Nobody's hanging with you. <laughs> You're kind of out on that island. And uh, so I think it's important that you support them. And, and as long as they're willing to get better, support them. And uh, that's, you know, that's what we did. It wasn't just me. I mean, it was other people, too. So uh, we saw the talent and, and they, you know, two different situations. I mean, Sky being a rookie and Butt's been here a while. So it was just a matter of working through it. Andy Reid. <laughs> Some thoughts from the suit. Super Bowl, uh, and uh, I trust in players. <coughs> so, wow. Cap, um, what do you think? <sighs> so, Cap, <clears throat> I need a hamburger. Andy. <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> slow down. You tell Andy you need to slow down? Yeah. I cannot wait. If Kansas City loses this game, the Kool-Aid man behind you, you know he's going to come in Monday and say Andy Reid's one and three in Super Bowls. Get out. No, he's maybe might get, be number two on the list of all-time coaches for me. If he loses, get out. Get out, Reid. One and three. Not Correct. his fault. All the wide receivers passed away from Mahomes this season. They got rid of Hill. Like what Mahomes has done with with this squad's incredible. Him and Kelsey. It's not like they have skill guys everywhere. They're certainly not the Eagles. Well, can I just tell you? You know, uh, you know who I will Kool Aid man out of there? Mm. It's Spagnuolo. Get out.
They give Maybe. up. They give up forty points to the Eagles and lose. Spags, enough. <laughs> He's firing the DC the day after the Super Bowl. Cap. I think you're underestimating the Chiefs' defense. I do. Now they may get gutted on Sunday. Yes, because it's a really good team they're playing. Yep. I think the Chiefs' defense is much better than you give them credit for. I think that the Eagles' defense is pretty stout, though, Cap, and that's. That's why I started off this conversation about top players, key difference-making players. That defensive line for the Eagles is pretty pretty formidable. And I wonder, will we see Patrick Mahomes doing loop-de-loops 30, 30 yards behind scrimmage because of that strong defensive line for the Eagles? This is why I'm leaning Eagles for this matchup. What's the final total? At least the right latest now it's total? 51, I believe. Right, Shay? 51 is the total right now. 51 is the total, and the spread is what? One and a half to the Eagles. I'm leaning Philadelphia. Tell me. Talk me out of it. Mahomes getting points. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. That's the, like the, I, everything for me is Eagles. They've been the most dominant team all season. When Hertz is the starter and he plays, they're sixteen and one. They have a chance to break the Bears' pass uh, sack record from eighty-five. Most dominant pass rush we've seen really in forty years. I mean, this is everything says Eagles, but the other side is Mahomes and Andy Reid getting points. That's right. How do I stay away from that? Yeah, talk 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 me out of it. I'm leaning Eagles. I'm going to click Eagles after our show. Tell me maybe I shouldn't. Tell me why I'm wrong. Okay, so here's my keys to the game. Chiefs have to be able to run the football. They got Clyde Edwards-Alaire's been reactivated. Mm -hmm. They got Isaiah Pacheco. They have Jarek McKinnon. If they can run the football reasonably well, they keep Mahomes clean. They don't allow that pass rush to dominate the game. I think their offensive line is solid. All of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes makes plays in play action. Now he goes down the field to Marquez Valdez-Scantling and to uh, Travis Kelsey and all these dudes that people underestimate in their wide receiver core because they got that guy throwing the football to them. Mm-hmm. That is a huge thing for me. And then I think Chris Jones is a big X factor. If this guy can put some pressure on Jalen Hurts, they can really make life tough on the Eagles. For Philly, they got to limit turnovers. If they turn the football over, they're going to lose the football game. And then they got to get Hurts out on the edge. Run and pass. This guy, when he gets on the edge, oh boy, he's really tough. Like Justin, right? Like Justin. So got to keep him fenced in. So, Cap, here's how I look at it. I think that the Eagles will run the football a, a, a lot. As a matter of fact... I'm going to take the under when it comes to passing yards for Jalen Hurts. I'll mm-hmm. take the under. I think that's a smart play because I think they're going to run the football. They'll throw enough to be able to keep, uh, you know, stay in front, I think, of um, of the Kansas City Chiefs. But I just think that it's nothing like a good pass rush. And if you get Mahomes backpedaling and moving backwards and moving from side to side and he can't find his guys, that's going to be trouble. We already saw that in the Super Bowl once with Mahomes. I really believe that the storyline when we come in here Monday will be that the defense for the Eagles won the game for Philadelphia. But your points are well taken because that's how razor thin this thing is. When you tell me, Shea, it's one and a half, that means it can go, go either way. But I still feel that Philadelphia defensively will get it done. And 
probably thinking about the under too for this game. Thinking about it. I'm gonna. I have an actual over sixty-one and a half plus three hundred. I'm with Chad. I don't know if it's getting a sixty-one and a half, but it, I think it's an overplay for me. Can you tell me? Okay, you already said Philadelphia is number one against in sacks. Yep. Who's number two? Kansas City. That's correct. Bears. See, this is the way I look at this game and why I think it's so high scoring. You have the Eagles, hoodie, I agree, will run the ball, but that run pass option offense is unstoppable. Nobody's been able to figure it out. Chiefs defense is good, but they've done it against good defenses. On the flip side, the Chiefs aren't even going to try to run the ball, they I have disagree. no interest. Disagree. They, they've had Pacheco go over 10 attempts once in the playoffs. They make no effort to run the ball. They don't care. They get their running backs, McKinnon and Pacheco, involved in the passing game. Those are their styles of rushing plays. The guys out in the flats, leaking running backs. They aren't going to try to run. Disagree. So this is where I think you see unstoppable Eagles versus a Chiefs team that lives in the air. It's They just do. You get a high-scoring game. Some thoughts here from Nick Sirianni on what prepared him for this moment. I think what you'll... If you if you listen close to what I what I say a lot, there's a lot of references to Coach Karras. So, Coach Karras had us locked in to to do our routine, and I think you've you've heard me say that over and over again this week is be in our routine. You know, don't let the hoopla or the you know the the distractions get to you, and just be locked into your routine. So, you know, a lot of the things I'm saying are either coming from probably my dad. Uh, Coach Karras or Frank Wright. So those are my mentors. How about that? Alex Karras with some thoughts for Nick Sirianni. You got to love that. Alex Karras. Huh? I believe it's Ted. Who is it? It's an assistant named Ted. Ted Karras. It's not the dad from Webster? No, he's deceased. Oh, thought it was Alex Karras. No, the (laughs) former Lion? No. All right, we still have more to get to when it comes to the Super Bowl. And that's why we'll talk to. So I'm over two in this segment. No, no doctor, no fight doctor, and no Alex Karras. Correct. Hmm. Thank you for being here. You're, you're welcome. Just, you're just a shepherd. Just <laughs> kind of leads you to where you're close, but you're not quite there. Thank you, Cap. Love you. Love you. Need you. Need you. Courtney Cronin on the Super Bowl. That's how he and I end every phone call. Yes. Like we actually talk on the phone. We have calls all the time, and we end the call. Take that. Courtney Cronin joins us next on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline on Chicago's Home for Sports. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Captain J. Hood. Here's Jonathan Hood. The headlines, Devin Hester's wait for the Hall of Fame will continue after falling short this year. Patrick Mahomes won the NFL MVP award yesterday with 48 of the 50 first place votes, his second in six years. Northwestern beat Ohio State in Columbus, bringing Chicago's Big Ten team to a tie for second in the conference. Jay Moore. Cap and Jay Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Courtney Cronin. National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. I think you have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Team transcendent quarterback Ross is not this guy. You know, he's very legacy conscious. He wanted to go to Denver and build something and win a Super Bowl there. Courtney Cronin with Kevin J. Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. That's a fine. That's a fine, Courtney. Now time for, you all right, Courtney? 
Oh, you heard my coughing? I apologize. <laughs> Just trying to get over whatever this is that I'm dealing with. Oh, my God. Like a chimney over there. <laughs> Courtney Cronin. Put the cigarettes down. <laughs> Jeez. My God, Marge. Put the cigarette. Ah, 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 ah. Ah, good morning, guys. My God. Courtney Cronin joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Car X man. Good morning, Courtney. Hey, guys. How are you? <laughs> Fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <That's> the worst. <laughs> I want to find out from you. Um, so as we get ready for the Super Bowl, could you tell us the one storyline that intrigues you most about Sunday's game? Well, I mean, it's strength against strength because I don't know if we've seen two more evenly matched teams playing in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I honestly can't think of the last time where a matchup was this close, or at least it seemed this close going into the game. And you know, we, we talk about X factors. We talk about who's going to be the breakout star, not necessarily the MVP of the Super Bowl, but who's going to be that guy that we look at at the end of the day and say, wow. That was, you know, that was a big reason that they won. And so as I'm going through the roster and I'm going through strength against strength and the Eagles offense versus Chiefs defense and vice versa, I look at C.J. Uh, Gardner-Johnson and I think about the way that this roster was constructed and how the Saints were willing to give him up right before, you know, the thick of things started last September and the contributions that he's made for this secondary because you you look at – how good the Eagles' pass defense is. We talk about their front seven all the time, and rightfully so. They've got 78 sacks in 19 games. Hassan Reddick has been an absolute game wrecker. But I look at the secondary against a Chiefs offense that, frankly, outside of Travis Kelsey, who's the star? Who else is going to step up? Because we didn't see that because everybody was injured in the AFC Championship game. Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster all dropping like flies, and – I think that the Eagles secondary has a really good chance against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, knowing that those two are going to be so difficult to defend. You can't let the Eagles jump out to a fast start. That's kind of the rule of thought. You can't let it happen to the Kansas City Chiefs either. So I look at this secondary. I look at how they can double Travis Kelsey and then rely on dominant cornerback play that they've gotten all season long, whether it's Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Afonso Maddox. And for me, my X factor, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So you are betting, uh, not saying betting, but you are picking the Eagles to win this game? I am. I am. I've got the, it's going to be close. Like, I honestly would not be surprised if it's like a 27-24 Super Bowl. And I think that's what we all want to see because the last time the Chiefs were in this thing and Patrick Mahomes' toe was the big problem. That was a great game for the Tampa Bay Bucks, but it was boring for the rest of us who didn't want to see a 31-9 Super Bowl. So I've got the Eagles in a close one. So I really, really believe we're going to have a hell of a game. I think there are going to be more points scored than people realize. And in the end, I have the Chiefs winning this game simply because I think they're going to do all they can early to establish the run. Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been activated, uh, Jarek McKinnon, or use that very short passing game out of the backfield, much like a run game. And then they pin their ears back, and here comes my play-action pass, and I hit... Travis Kelsey, you can double him all you want. There are other guys out on the edge that can make plays. They may not have Tyreek Hill, but they got a lot of talent. 
And I also think that Chiefs defense is better than people give them credit for. No, you're right about the Chiefs. I'll start with the Chiefs defense. I think that in defending the RPO game, like, first off, they've had two weeks to prepare for this. And think about how well they played. That young secondary against Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship game. Two interceptions, seven passes defensed. And then up front, Chris Jones. We use that term game record for Hassan Reddick. Go ahead and give that to Jones, too, with his two-sack performance. That's a young defense. And the way that they've played this year, outplaying expectations, knowing what you're going to get with Jalen Hurts, I think they do follow the same sort of blueprint that the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants did for against this Eagles against this Eagles offense the first two games in the playoffs and that's sell out against the run because you know that when Jalen Hurts gets outside of the pocket he's dangerous but to go back to your point on the running backs that would be my biggest concern if you were an Eagles fan you know how do you stop the running backs in the passing game but if you're also forcing Patrick Mahomes into these situations where he's exclusively throwing to running backs, it's probably going to end up being okay. My concern, though, is I look at this Chiefs offense and realizing how they were able to compensate and just kind of barely do that in the AFC Championship game because of all those injuries. It's Travis Kelsey, but when you ha- like, what else outside of him can you honestly rely upon and know that that's going to be you know, a sure bet thing? MVS was good in the AFC Championship game. Who else? Like, if they don't have the contributions from a Kadarius Tony, from a Juju Smith-Schuster, then I think they're going to become pretty one-dimensional pretty quickly. Courtney, I was telling the guys before you came on that the way I was able to determine who's going to win the Super Bowl is just based on talent. If I think that Patrick Mahomes is the best player that we'll see on the field of the Super Bowl, if Mahomes is one, who's two as far as on both sides? Second best Jaylen player. Hurts. Is, is Hurts the second best player we'll see? I mean, think about the MVP race. Had he not missed those two games because of Travis Gibson sacking him and hurting his shoulder, where would we be? Would this be a completely different conversation if they would have beaten the Cowboys and beaten the, beaten the Saints with Jalen Hurts? Maybe. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of this generation. There is no arguing that whatsoever. 48 of 50 votes for the MVP last night certainly uh, provide credence to that, but I think Jalen Hurts can be the MVP of this game. And he actually, we have our article out at ESPN.com. I picked them to win, and I picked Hurts as my MVP. Just because he can break a game open in so many ways. And we talk about him as a, rushing, as a running quarterback and the mobility and all that he can do outside of the pocket. Let's not forget how good he was this year with the deep ball and his completion percentage on passes of 20-plus yards, his touchdown-interception ratio – on, on those same passes, like that's an area of his game that we just don't talk about enough. And I think if you can get that going early, like what what we saw in the NFC Championship game after the botched challenge by Kyle Shanahan in the first quarter, is if you give that team any sort of wiggle room to break open, look at what happened after the, I think it was the fumble by Josh Johnson. They jump out to a 20, uh, they have a 14 point lead going into halftime. That's the danger of this Eagles team because they are the most complete team in football, not just the NFC. And that would be my fear because if you let Jalen Hurts and his offense cook early when they've got a true number one, the big body X that every receiving core wants in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, who'd be a number one on any other team, on top of that versatile running game, that's a, that's a lot to defend. It's like pick your poison if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. 
All right, Courtney, thank you for the time. Little side wager, you and I were supposed to go to lunch. I'm taking the Chiefs. You got the Eagles. Loser buys. All right, I'm all for it, and I will make sure that I'm over this coughing fit so I don't startle you guys next time I come on air. All right, bring your fine money. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> see you guys. And bring, and bring some halls, please. Thank you. Uh, it is uh, Courtney Cronin with us on the CarX Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry about the CarX man. It's on the what hotline? I don't see it on the screen. CarX Tire and Auto Hotline? That's okay. correct. Yes. I, you know, if, I, if you put it on the screen, I'll read it. I'll read it. My fault, Woody. My fault. So on the CarX t- Tire and Auto Not Hotline. He took responsibility. Right? Here you go. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry about the CarX man. Justin Fields next on Cap and J Hood.